Catherine and Tass sit around to talk about stuff. Catherine and Tass sit around to talk about stuff. Catherine and Tass sit around to talk about stuff. Catherine and Tass sit around and talk about stuff. chat. <laughs> so we're joined again today. I'm sorry, I hate doing that. We're joined again today by Rebecca. Hiya. Hey. What you up to? No much. Just doing a podcast. <laughs> it's huge. So we're going to talk in this podcast about traveling. Whoop. Yes. And Rebecca, you've been to many, many, many places. Just a few. Yeah. How many countries have you been to so far? I'd say it's hitting over 65, nearly wow. 70. What made you decide to be one of those traveling people? <laughs> I don't think I consciously decided. I think it just kind of happened. Because I think the more you do it, the more you want to do it. Keep doing it. When did you mm. start? Was it during college? Or? Mo- yeah, the bulk of it, I'd say, started in college. I would have gone a lot with my parents um, and family holidays and stuff. We we did a lot like because they were both teachers so they always had summers off so we always spent our holidays in Galway or down the country and there's always a way and then we actually used to do house swaps as a family yeah it was really cool so we go to their house they come to ours and yeah it was really cool so we did that in Australia and New Zealand and we did it in Canada and America so they were like huge trips to take when you're like 10 11 years yeah. old and I think yeah that really kind of opened my eyes and then growing up I played a lot of basketball and I would have traveled quite a bit with the teams and now we didn't see much of the countries but it was just a lot of travel anyway yeah so yeah then when I finally started getting my own money and getting independence in college and stuff I would have gone traveling what was the first big trip you went on I went um interrailing with two friends in college that would have been the big one. But then my first big one on my own, I was like, I think I was 19 and I went to South America. And that was like solo traveling for real. And I think after that, I was like, that's it. Solo traveling or nothing. <laughs> which, yeah. You're not shitting bricks doing that. I was more excited. Oh my God. Yeah. I my parents were definitely very worried. Like, mm. And everyone I talked to was like, you're coming back in a body bag. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. my sister went to Mexico and then she went to Guatemala. It was so funny. She had to, like, she ended up staying in Mexico for a year, but she had to leave for her visa, you know, kind mm. of thing. So she went to Guatemala for a week. And, like, that week, there was some big thing happening in Guatemala, like a big drug yeah, gang yeah. war thing. And they're like, Sammy's going to die. <laughs> yeah. She's okay. We haven't heard from her in a while. Like, She's going to be fine. Like, this yeah. is like, oh, let's all calm down. But, yeah, I imagine it yeah. was intense. Like, but like it stops a lot of people are oh definitely oh for sure yeah. yeah that fear you're not going to come back that fear of something that something can happen to you but yeah. even from work like 
South Americans in the most they're so generous mm. they're so like so chatty and yeah, warm yeah and they're not like like I mean they hate it they hate what's happening in their country but mm. it's not you, you'd know that you'd be so welcome there I for me anyway from talking to me even yeah. like I did a thing in a class one day and it was like what's the friendliest country in your continent and a bunch of them were like oh yeah Colombians and Colombia has such a bad reputation yeah. you know they're like Colombians are great people yeah and then you also forget that these countries are massive mm. like something will be happening on one side of the country and you're totally nowhere near yeah. it yeah, yeah. So. but my parents were definitely very anxious um, and they said there's only one condition like you can go fair enough but we want you to have everything planned and we want you you we want you to be like keeping in touch with us a lot and set up something for when you arrive so I had actually set up to go volunteering in Peru so they were kind of that kind of eased their fears a little bit that I had someone picking me up I had a house yeah. to stay in mm-hmm. now looking back um, I'm totally disillusioned by volunteering overseas now it's more like volunteerism I yeah. would not tell anyone to do it um, what do you mean? I just think it's not solving anything it's very short term solution and like you need money to do it too like we have to you have to pay to go volunteering mm-hmm. which is really counterintuitive and then you go and you're there for a very short time like five weeks is nothing in the greater scheme of things and these little kids or whatever you're doing this is a revolving door of white people coming in and the place I was in it was an orphanage but the people before me had built a toilet and I was just kind of thinking that is the stupidest thing because these people don't even have running water so why would you build a toilet and it's like you're not even looking at what would actually help them and so I just I don't agree with it at all and I think it's not the way forward and why is it do you know like and people don't even volunteer at home like I yeah. would I would volunteer with homeless like all throughout college I'd always have done like, stuff for charities at home and I think that's where you need to start and like yeah. some countries in the western world are have greater poverty lines than so-called underdeveloped countries and yeah. no one ever says oh I'm going to go volunteering in America sort out the homeless crisis on Skid Row like you know yeah. so that's so true I remember where I was working during my final years in secondary school with Concern and um, an NGO called 8020 and one of the um, heads of the NGO was like we can't really solve this problem by just sending people with money you know to do this volunteering we need to actively set up programs so for example people the people in the country they can learn to develop you know the toilets or mm. the sewage system mm-hmm. or build their own houses yeah. we have to just make sure that we're providing that the money we're providing is going into the right streams yeah. Yeah. and that it, it is very counterintuitive it's like well i want something for my cv i'm just going to um, go and you know help build in this you know third world country um, and then leave after a period of time um, it, it, it can nearly stem to nearly kind of selfish it is oh, completely definitely. selfish yeah. Yeah. Completely a lot of gap selfish. year kids and all that kind of stuff yeah feel better about your previous yeah. life that you're not doing anything else to help yeah. but it, over the, for a week so true about even volunteering at home I mean yeah. I do a lot of volunteering in various um what's it called aspects or whether it's culture and tourism and homeless 
volunteering or I'm just listing all the <laughs> <laughs> CV. I don't know if you feel really, really, really well. You know? But I remember I had just finished my master's in um, Irish history, just to brag a bit more. <laughs> and I started to teach English. I had, I didn't have anything, like I was trying to find a job and I just wanted to do something. So I started to teach English from the Ashland Centre for adults who had went through industrial schools where they would have faced abuse, whether it had been the Magdalene Laundry or the Christian Brothers. And I remember um, coming in and teaching these absolutely amazing people who just changed my perspective on life and, and you know, even about Ireland. Here I was, I had studied a historiography of, you know, what had happened, you know, the yeah. Rhine Report had been huge at the time and things like that. And I was kind of with these people and they were telling me their first hand experience of what it was yeah. and what it meant to be Irish and the struggles they went through like I had one terrific writer always wanted to go to Trinity College but because he wasn't Protestant couldn't you know and it's about you know and what does that teach you about your country by just doing these you know, yeah. you know volunteer yeah. voluntary things but then who's to say we're right like we yeah. go and volunteer in these countries but why why is it us telling them yeah exactly do you know yeah. like I, I traveled through eastern Africa and southern Africa so I started in Tanzania and made my way down to South Africa and I swear I did not see a single other traveler doing such a trip like there were people going on destination holidays yeah like people going on safari and people going here and there but not, nothing quite like traveling on local buses and crossing borders and that kind of stuff and the only people I would have met were destination holiday makers or volunteers and I was so sick of seeing volunteers because it like again it's just a whole thing of volunteerism and mm. it's yeah it, it's sad to see and you just see all these volunteers and I went to some places and it's NGO after NGO after NGO and like what we think of poverty doesn't necessarily make it poverty in these countries, yeah. do you know? And yeah, it was just shocking to see. And then a lot of um, religious, like missionaries gone over there, like the neo-colonialism and mm. seeing hairdressers like Mother Mary of God, hairdressing shop and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, it just gave you an uneasy yeah. feeling, do you know? What were some of the remarkable things like just in terms of Africa? on your travels through Africa, what were the things that kind of stood out the most for you? Like, like um, taking the kind of missionary and volu volunteerism aside, what, what were the people like? What was the food like? How accessible was it to get around? Yeah, so um, I was mainly, I was just Eastern and Southern Africa. So yeah. like, obviously it's a massive continent, but the... There was one type of food that was kind of common to a lot of those countries and different names in each of them. But it was like, um, it's very hard to describe. It's called pap in South Africa. Um, it, it's kind of porridge, but a bit more solid than that. And you kind of roll it up in your hands. It's kind of like rice, but a bit more liquid than rice. <laughs> it's kind of made from cornmeal or something like that and you kind of roll it around your hands and then dip it into your sauce and eat it like that and it's totally mm -hmm. like flavorless and it's kind of wrong but um yeah and then one time <laughs> um, I was just getting some like I eat street food everywhere I go no matter what I just yeah. 
I think I have an iron stomach at this stage. But I was getting chips at the side of the road and <laughs> your man cooked them in transistor oil and then just threw a heap of salt onto it. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, that was, that was interesting. But it was um it was mad because there was a lot of uh, fast food places opening up and I don't know if the nutritional awareness would have been there. So a lot of people were getting overweight. And uh, yeah, the nutrition wasn't the best, I would say. But getting around, I kind of said to myself, okay, local transport only. And I did a little bit of hitching as well. Um, And the local buses were something else. It was gas because often I was the only white person on the bus. So they'd always like, where are you going? Let me help you. Do you know where you're going? Like they were so nice, like really looking out for me. Mm. And yeah cram as many people as you can into the bus throw all the bags on the roof fit more people in there was one time i was sitting in between the driver's seat and the passenger seat like on like where the gear stick is and then eventually i just like hooshed the driver over so i was like half on the driver's seat and half he was like driving the bus there was just no room anywhere (laughs) yeah but no again very diverse places like really really nice places so you kind of ended in South Africa? Yeah, so I booked a flight into, I originally booked a flight into um, Mombasa in Kenya, but there was the time of the Somali pirate attacks. Yeah. So mom and dad intervened <laughs> and they were like, no, you're redirecting out. But luckily my plane stopped in Kilimanjaro and then was going to Mombasa. So I kind of just like hopped out. <laughs> At Kilimanjaro, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, right, if I just go on, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I... Yeah, so I booked a flight into there and then booked a flight out of Cape Town. And then I was like, right, you have three months to make your way through wow. like nine countries. And what were the nine countries? Started in Tanzania, Malawi, which was incredible. Um, we went to, so there's a huge lake in, in Malawi. And I had met a couple others, actually two Dutch people who were traveling. Sorry. I need to clarify, I met two travellers <laughs> that were not doing NGO work. So yeah, I kind of hung out with them for a bit. And we said, okay, let's go to the island. And we had found, there was one kind of resorty island and one lesser known island. And we went to this one anyway, Chizumulu, and it was stunning. And there was a hostel on the island. And we got to him and there was this kind of like bedraggled man. And we were just like, all right. And he's like, Hey, welcome. This is my hostel. I'm Nick. You can call me Chizzy Nick because he lives in Chizumu. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay. And then he was like, yeah, so um, the ferry hasn't been working for like two years. You're our first guest in two years. Oh I was my like, God. Jesus. And um, later that day, we took a walk around a bit of the island just to have a little explore. And the amount of kids that came and followed, it was like a parade. Like, and he was like, oh, they probably wouldn't have seen any white people because, you know, the ferry was broken. And like the oh kids God. would come up to us, start rubbing our skin, like smelling it and like oh my God. rubbing it against their faces. And yeah, like big excitement to be their first white people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like hopped into a church and they were like practicing all their singing and stuff. That was um. nice. Uh, yeah, so Malawi and then it was Mozambique. Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, South Africa, Lesotho, Swaziland. Wow. Yeah, but there was also a civil war in, 
in the time I went to Mozambique. Yeah, that was the nearest. Yeah, so they were just like, as long as you don't go above this road that kind of splits the country, right. you're grand. So we're like, of okay, course. right. <laughs> um, but we had met some people who had come down through Mozambique and they're like, yeah, we got shots fired at our bus and stuff. Yeah. No. And they could actually see bullet holes in buses that they're getting onto. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't get any of that now. Jesus. But yeah, and yeah so in a lot of places the alcohol was very cheap yeah and there's a lot of alcoholism unfortunately because like i guess a lot of people might be employed in some places and this is what their answer and like it's very cheap and so basically you get these sachets of rum and it's in like it's basically a belt (laughs) for like 20 cent for a sachet i know so we just were Locked. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we were. <laughs> oh my god! Like mango rum and mm, yeah. Sure, I had a friend who was saying that it was cheaper to buy alcohol in some of the places he was in Spain than it was to mm. buy water. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And then the toilet situation was very hairy. <laughs> Especially when you're on the bus and you're just like, I really do a toilet. And then they just pull up and they're like, oh, just run to that person's house. <laughs> like, run there, you're like, can I go to the toilet? And they're like, okay, out back. And then you have to go through like this garden and then go to their outhouse and it's just basically a hole in the ground. And then another time there was, it was pitch black and there was like a, a trough, basically. And you hop up onto these, you step up onto these concrete blocks and like squat down into this... <laughs> tunnel essentially oh <laughs> and you're just like you're just waving at everyone <laughs> who are also squatting down and yeah and then like just the women just squat down in their big dresses and <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. yeah practical question um, <laughs> what is it like traveling on your period uh no, usually fine um often uh, i would just i'd be on the pill so i'd know when it's coming which was handy or sometimes I would just run it on so I wouldn't get it at all mm. but other than that fine yeah I mean all women around get it so yeah you do, I just always have my own toilet paper with me oh pro tip yes pro, pro tip, tip. Yeah. yeah um so moving continents where's the next place where's the next continent you went to I'm not saying that you did it directly, but let's name another. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's enough Africa. Yeah. No, I actually did it. So I went uh, interrailing, South America, Africa, and then uh, I think I did a road trip in America. Yeah, it was a road trip in America next. And you had mentioned previously that you didn't feel the safest. No. In America, why? so different so when I go to somewhere new I like just get out and walk around explore get lost you know that kind of thing really just just immerse myself in it you can't walk around in America like you need a car yeah only if you're in the, the cities and even then like New York you can walk around but like LA you can't walk around like yeah. you just you need a car basically and I remember asking someone oh can we not just get the bus like and then she goes oh no only blacks or homeless get the bus yeah, I was like Jesus yeah so and then like it's very impersonal and then like all the cities are the same just the grid system like tall buildings like very impersonal yeah every state does have 
points of beauty and a very different states like you could spend your whole life traveling in america and see something new every day but i don't know and then there's not a hostile culture like there would be in europe i think you meet a lot of people in hostels in europe whereas in america it's like motels hotels yeah um so you don't really meet anyone else that way and then like I didn't want to do the J1 thing because I work I worked all during college and I was like no I want my summer off so we did the road trip and yes road trips are not glamorous no. <laughs> let's put it that way um but I think it was in so we were driving through Texas and you know like Bible Belt Texas like it was just cross and church after church of just mental like just it's such a big stretch of road and it's just like churches everywhere but it was actually in New Orleans that I, we, I felt quite unsafe. Um, like I loved that city. It was unreal. I really liked it. But we were kind of walking around and saying, oh, sure, we'll go somewhere for food. And we ended up in a part of town that's kind of off the main beaten track. And now I was in a group and I still felt unsafe. And we kept getting like honks and people shouting out windows like, you shouldn't be here. And then like some people actually came out of their house and was like, you can't be here like you need to leave oh immediately God. and then other cars like beeping 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 like you can't be here you're not black get out of here oh and like wow. you don't have a gun get out and we're just like oh shit like we need to get out and yeah it just really put me on edge there because it's true like everyone has a gun there and you just don't know what's gonna happen and yeah like i've seen there was in some countries I've seen guys with AK-47 standing outside ATMs and not felt oh, unsafe at all because I like, but then you go to America and people are like, you don't have a gun, get out of here, you're not white, or you're not black, blah, 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 get out. Like that's, yeah. That's really sad, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, so that was uh, an eye opener. Yeah, and then the highways are just mental. Yeah. Like the driving is very not the safest either. <laughs> but no, I didn't feel unsafe because of that. So and how yeah. many of you were was there doing? There was five of us. So you were taking turns and stuff, was it? Yeah, well I actually had my license then, so I was uh. just a little backseat driver. <laughs> <laughs> and we camped quite a bit. Oh, cool. So we camped along and then stayed with some people we knew couch surf that way. Yeah. Wow. Like we saw some beautiful things, don't get me wrong. But I just I've been to America a lot, I guess, because of basketball and stuff. Okay. I'm just uh, I actually think I'm blacklisted now because I was in Iran, so I can't actually go back. But I think I'm boycotting it anyway. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really care. Wow. So yeah. Asia. Asia was after that then, yeah. So I went living. I went to. So yeah, I finished college, and most of my the majority of my traveling would have been during my summers. And then often I would just be like, oh, Reiner's having a seat sale, city break to wherever during college and stuff. But then after college, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I said, sure, look, why don't I do my CELTA, which is like a TEFL, but much more intense and much more widely recognized. Catherine also did it. <laughs> we did it in the same school. <laughs> Good time. Shout out to Linda if you're listening. <laughs> Well, she loves this yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, future guest star. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I did that because I said, look, there's one thing that I love and that's traveling. And um, I didn't know what masters I wanted to do. And I wasn't going to spend a heap of money on something that I didn't know if I'd even use. So I said, look, I'll do this. 
save up a little bit and then I'll move somewhere to teach English and booked a one-way flight to Vietnam I uh, had nothing organized and just rocked up so yeah <laughs> I on the way over I stopped to visit someone in Abu Dhabi and I went into Oman which was incredible and then to Hong Kong and then to Vietnam and then yeah I was kind of like right sure I'm here now and the original plan was like three or four months save a bit of money and then travel a bit of Asia so I worked it, it took me a while to kind of get a job because I wasn't really I was kind of like on my holidays <laughs> but then like it was so once I started looking it was so easy got a house within a few days got so many job interviews had a job joined the GA team yeah. <laughs> like really like threw myself into everything and it was the best thing that I did then and um worked for three months and then quit that job because I didn't really like it and then traveled a little bit in Southeast Asia and then came back and got a job off for the school year. I said, sure, I'll stay, make a bit of money. Not that I saved any, <laughs> but I was, it was a great opportunity to go on holidays in the off time and because it was a great um, location, Vietnam was to go yeah. travel there. So yeah, I did a good bit there. So what, what are the future travel plans? Where do you want to go now? Hmm. Okay, so India's always been on my Bucket list. Yeah, especially I know this is a cliche, but yoga is huge yeah. to me, and it's I really want to go do my teacher training there and spend like give it the time it deserves because it's a massive country and like you're not gonna see anything in in a short amount of time no. that I would have. So I really want to give it the time that I feel it deserves. So that's on my list. Um, I'm more than likely moving to Saudi Arabia this coming school year because I keep saying I'm not a teacher <laughs> and yeah here I am still teaching <laughs> but if it pays the bills it yeah. means that I can travel then and will Saudi Arabia be your first experience in the Middle East well no because I've been to UAE Oman Iran I suppose so yeah it, it's definitely a, a whole other kettle of fish though yeah yeah but um, different lifestyle, let's put it that way. Mm. Exciting times. <laughs> Exciting times. Can't wait for you to come back and update us on yeah. how India went and how Saudi went. And then we'll update you on how our amazing yes. countries went because we are really motivated <laughs> at the moment. I don't know about Catherine, but I'm planning in my head. my. Um, so remember trips. you guys had that, um, we need to double our... Country or yeah, holidays? Yeah, yeah. How are we getting on with that? Well, what's it <laughs> I'm getting on great. <laughs> yeah, because you had less of a yeah, you had less of a number. <laughs> we don't want to reveal where we're going yet. Okay. So, but I'm. It's I in the pipeline. Countries. I just need to get another two countries down. Ooh. Catherine. I actually don't know how many did I do. It's like six. Six. That's a lot. Um. Yeah, because she went to a load of places last year. Yeah, <laughs> and I've been to one other country so far. Nice. <laughs> so, so, so just, but you just, know, just five, just five trips. Council to go. Cruise six to months go. left in the in the year. Less six than six months. months. Five months left. Do you know what I used to do though? When I was studying for exams, instead of like procrastinating by watching something more by doing nothing, yeah. I would book flights. Yeah. I would procrastinate book flights. That's so an that amazing idea. It was class. Yeah. And the thing is, so then you just have to go. Mm. What's it called? If like 
you know, there's been times where we like said, you know what, I'm going to put all my money down on this one thing just so it's an investment, like whether it's my computer or whether it was your phone. And we've had no money for the entire month <laughs> yeah. because we were just like, all money is going onto this one item. Yeah. We've never done that with travel where we could yeah. totally do that. But you know what? You don't even need that much money because people are always like, Rebecca, you're, you all, how do you have money for all this? And like, I don't. <laughs> I don't do, I do it, I suppose I do it a bit differently with the hitchhiking couch surfing. I don't always do that. Like you can definitely get by so, like people, I think people spend a bit too much money when they go away they like to treat themselves and yeah that's fair enough you're on holidays and you're working yeah. all year you just go on holidays whereas I guess travelling is kind of like a bit more long term and kind of have to budget and stuff but yeah. like I had a surprise midterm there I didn't know I had a week off and I was like right lads I've always wanted to go Iceland I'm going which is like notoriously the most expensive country yeah. and yes it is expensive but I rented a car brought my tent and just off I went and did it and like you just have to make it work like yeah. I don't have that like I don't have money coming out of my ears or anything but the, what I love is traveling so I'm going to invest my money in that yeah. oh that's wonderful thanks so much uh Rebecca for joining us today um truly really inspiring story well i hope you come on my next trip i really i hope i'll be there too Catherine, we need to get our skates on yes of course okay thanks again rebecca okay once again guys thank you so much for listening please make sure to subscribe to get new episodes as soon as they come out Also, if you could take two minutes to like this episode and leave us a little review, we'd really appreciate it, as it means we can reach as many people as possible. You'd really be helping us out. Finally, if you've any questions, comments or suggestions for future podcasts, we would love to hear them. We are at a Muslim Akatna chat on Instagram, a Muslim Akatna chat on Facebook, at MKNC pod on Twitter, or you can email us on a Muslim Akatna chat at gmail.com. See you next time.